Good morning. All right. Man, I want to talk, I want to talk this morning about getting closer to God. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you will be with us. We pray that you will speak to us, speak through me, Father. Teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in righteousness for your name's sake. Help us to uh, just submit ourselves completely to you. Holy Spirit, speak to us in a way that only you can, and we ask this in, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just want to make sure I've got the right crowd today. Anybody want to get closer to God? All right. All right. Anybody wanted to get closer to God for a while, but somehow not getting closer to God? Okay. Make sure I'm in the right place with the right people. Uh, I think think most of us can say that in most seasons of our lives. Uh, And so hopefully you're you're paying close attention. I'm going to stick very close uh, to our scripture today. I started in Galatians chapter 5 last week and uh, was really leading up to this, and the Lord gave me some things uh, last week that, that I just couldn't ignore, and so um, this was kind of the original conviction for coming to Galatians chapter 5, and so I'm in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. That's where I'll begin reading. All the scripture will be on the screen uh, behind me. Uh, if you you know can't keep up in, in your own Bible, don't worry. No one expected you to walk in here a Bible scholar. No one expects you to believe... Uh, that you have it all under control, okay? Uh, no, one, no one thinks that. No one has that going on. So, in fact, you may not have a Bible. We have them in the foyer. We would love for you to take one. When service is over, please go by and get one. They're for free. Uh, if you want something leather-bound, uh, they're on the shelf over to your left as you exit. And uh, what we have is, is just posted the price that we paid for all those Bibles that are over there. Uh, so you put in as, uh, what, what you can afford to put in, and, and we'll call it even. Uh, but we want you in your word. We believe that God will speak to you directly, daily. We serve a God who does these things. And so this is, this is part of what I'm talking about, uh, is, is some of you are wondering, well, where is the Lord in my life? Why am I not seeing the things uh, that maybe I've read about, the things that I have heard about and I think that it is healthy for you to think those thoughts and to ask those questions because God has something big for you. And uh, let's, let's talk about it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit. Capitalize. See? Big Spirit, not your Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. See, we believe in a triune God. We believe in the Trinity. We believe that God is one God, but he manifests himself in the three different ways. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, when Jesus came to earth, he said, I'm leaving, but it's good for you that I'm leaving because I'm going to send to you the Comforter. I'm going to send an Advocate, a Helper. Okay, that is the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit is here and that he will be with you. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, he is in you. And so uh, it is sort of in a way inappropriate to ask for more of the Holy Spirit uh, because the Holy Spirit is an entity. He has a, uh, a personality. And so it's not more of the Holy Spirit that you need. It's more of you that the Holy Spirit needs. Okay. For example, if I bring you a jar and I say, fill this jar If that jar is already full, I can't help you out. 
right? You have to bring me an empty jar for me to fill it with this contents, right? And so it's, he needs us emptied out more than we need more of him. Does that make sense? So uh, I say then walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. That's, that's true. The flesh desires what is against the Spirit and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh? These are opposed to each other so that, so that you don't do what you want. And isn't that odd that I don't do what I want? It's me, and this is what I want, yet I don't do it. But sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. But when I really want to, I don't. But sometimes I don't want to, but I have to, and it just is a little confusing. Walk by the Spirit. Because the flesh and the Spirit are at war, and they desire things opposed to one another. The Spirit living within me and my own fleshly desires are at war with one another. The question is, if there's a war within you between your flesh and your spirit, whose side are you on? This is a fair question, right? Let me give you, let me give you what my life looks like, and, and I know that you guys are all just so much, you know, you're spiritual, you're better than me, so you probably won't relate to this, but this is what my life looks like, okay? There is a battle going on. And here I am with my sword. Actually, this is my sword. Okay. Uh, but this shines. Okay. And so I have my flesh over here and I have the spirit over here. And whose side am I on? Well, it just depends on what moment that you catch me in. I didn't say what day, I said what moment. Because. My flesh wants something, and so when my flesh wants something and I give in to it, who am I in opposition to? The Spirit. And then the Lord convicts me, and I've switched sides. And literally, my day looks like this. Ah! Ah! No! No! All day. All day. That is the spiritual account of what's going on inside you. I know it's just me. But remember, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says not to grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a personality. And so when we come against him with a sword, he's angry. Literally, we make God angry with us. Oh, that's not what we learned in Sunday school. God doesn't get angry. Bro, <laughs> I don't know what Bible you've been reading, but I bet it has pictures. 
There's a battle. There's opposition between the two. And I have to choose whose side I'm going to be on constantly. You're in good standing. You're in good company anyways. If you have a problem, Romans chapter 7, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Romans, and he writes something very personal in Romans chapter 7, verse 14. I believe it's verse 22 that I'm going to do. Sorry back there on the computer. We'll start in verse 22. This is what Paul says. I just, I just picked out a section. You'll want to read this entire section yourself. It is gold. I'm just going to pick out something small. Verse 22, for in my inner self, I delight in God's law, Right? In my inner self, I delight in God's law. Oh, God, I love your law. I'm at, I'm at war against the flesh. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. And so my body says, oh, no, you don't. You can't have that. Paul, Paul had the same problem you have. Go figure. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. Luckily, he didn't leave us hanging there. Go on. Is this distracting, me just carrying a sword? It feels awesome. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 5. I'm going I'm to go to verse 5. Just for time's sake, sorry back there on the computer if you have more scripture than that. Romans 8, verse 5. For those, yes, who live according to the flesh have their mind set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. The people who, who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh. The people who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the Spirit. And so let me, let me just kind of put it this way. It's hard to fight what you're not looking at. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could have used, I, I used a gun. I could have used a bow. But I think a sword's the same way. I mean, it looks good in movies just to slash someone out of your peripheral. But really, but really, I think you should probably be facing them, watching them. Have your mind set on what you're battling against. You know, in, in the spiritual walk, sort of the old heads in my life, the more mature, have always said, you've got to start off your day with Jesus. You've got to start off your day with Jesus. You've got to start off your day with Jesus. And listen, one of the most godly people that I know in, in my life is my wife, and she, does, she, she starts her day off in a very foul mood. Um, no, I'm serious. She is not a morning person. She reads her Bible every day. I can't tell you how many times uh, my wife has read uh, copyright to concordance. I mean, Genesis through Revelation. She'll just kind of start over and, and reread. She just reads the Bible all, all the way through. She's done it so many times. Very godly person. She reads in the evening. So I'm like, well, you don't have to. I'm telling you that I'm finding out that I have to. I'm a moment-by-moment kind of guy, and I've got to start off my day pointing out. Wait, well, this was the flesh over here, wasn't it? <laughs> I've got to start off my day pointing out who I'm battling against. Preparing my mind, preparing my heart. 
You'll find me early in the morning, kind of like you'll find some of our, our, our NFL players today. They're sitting in the stadium right now with their eyes closed going through it so that when it happens, it's no surprise. It's instinct of what to do. That's what I have to do. I've got to set my mind on my enemy where I get sidetracked. I've got to remind myself who is actually friend and who is actually foe because foe throws some serious parties. And you normally hit what you're aiming at. Or I'll at least say that when you aim, your odds go up. Who are you fighting against? There is a war going on in your spirit. Whose side are you on? I'm going to just give you this. Aim to be closer to God. I know that sounds super simple. But many people grab their sword and their aim is not necessarily to fight the flesh. Their aim is to be right all the time. And when I say they, I obviously wouldn't know anything about that. I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, why do you have a sword? Let me answer that. I don't. This is my daughter's sword, which raises a greater question. Why does she have a sword? Well, let me ask you the same question. Why do you have a sword? Who are you swinging it at? Do you understand that when the Bible lists the armor of God, there is only one offensive weapon given. Everything else is for defense. Everything else is a shield. There is only one offensive weapon given, and this is your sword. And we will run into a problem if we use our sword against our allies. I don't know how many, this, this is going to sound really negative right now, okay? And I, I don't have anyone in mind when I say this. Just in general, I've encountered this for many decades. I don't know how many parents that I have met that will only get in their Bible to research things to tell their children so that they can manipulate and control their children using this. How many marriages that the only time that this is discovered and researched is so that they can try to control and manipulate one another with the words that are in here. I don't know how many people will debate Calvinism and predestination and, and, and if the tribulation is post or pre the millennial kingdom and all of these things, and, and we'll debate those things for hours but never use it one time against our enemy. See, this is for the protection of my friends, not to be used against my friends. And so I know it sounds really simple, but when you swing your sword, swing it at the enemy. That's just a fair warning. Because if we pick up our sword to swing it at our own team, We'll find ourselves worse off than we were in the beginning. Well, I was swinging my sword. Just a 
morning. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Sorry if I scared you back there on the computer. Uh, yeah, I wrote this wrong, and so this was copied wrong. I'm going to do Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Uh, Everything that I've said for the past 60 seconds, nothing. Kill it. Live stream, we're going to erase that later. Galatians, Galatians 5, 19. It may not be on the screen for you, so I will read it to you. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Whoa, okay. We're talking about the war. We're talking about a war between spirit and flesh. When our flesh is in control Here is the byproduct. This is the manifestation of the flesh being in control. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. It means when I am in the flesh, this is what comes up in my life. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is what my life looks like when the flesh is in control. I dare say that is what your life looks like when the flesh is in control. That is what someone's life in AD 55 or whenever this was written, that's what their life looked like when the flesh was in control. Adam and Eve, that's what their life looked like when the flesh is in control. This is a human condition and this is a symptom of a problem, okay? And here is a guess of mine. When you struggle with one of these things, you struggle with many of these things. Okay, When I lack self-control, I lack the principle of self-control, meaning that that self-control falls into a lot of or most or all areas of my life. He says, I am warning you about these things. A warning, a warning, a warning. Do you know that your body has a natural process of a warning? You know, before you get sick or when you are sick, maybe there is a bacteria that is killing you from the inside. You begin to have physical manifestations, and these are a warning. Something is going on inside of your body. God gave you pain not to curse you, but to help you understand This pain is showing me that something is going on that is harming me inside. God also set something in motion in your life. And when I begin to see these things and I begin to have outbursts of anger and envy and jealousy and it create factions and I begin to see this list, it is just like experiencing a fever, an upset stomach, a sore throat. This means that there is something bigger. And if I don't begin to treat this, if I don't go to war against this, 
it will only get worse untreated. And that is where we are. And maybe you're seeing that fever in your life. And you are saying, I was doing well, but now I'm beginning to struggle with this. This is making a presence again in my life. This is becoming something that I can't take control of. And I'm not saying that there's not uh, great external ways to help that outside of this. I'm telling you the number one thing that you need to do is find out which team are you on, who are you fighting against. Begin to listen to the symptoms because you have a spiritual sickness. It says those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't say those who commit such things because otherwise see you in hell. It says those who practice such things. There is a big difference, okay? And if you will have the Holy Spirit in this place, he is giving you these symptoms. He has given you these warnings because he wants your spirit. He wants to draw closer to you in the same way that you would want your children or your spouse to draw closer to you. I miss you. I need you. I'm not blessing I'm not blessing this thing. I'm blessing this thing. I want you to come closer to me. I want you, uh, I, I want you to take James chapter 1 and call me in the morning. You know what I'm saying? He's giving you a prescription. Now, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I believe we have that one. I wrote it correctly on my notes for them. So that was the fruit of the flesh. And now let me give you the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Here's the first thing that I notice about that list. That is the same list that Satan tries to tell you, men, is a weak man. A man who is in control of himself is not a weak man. It is a strong man. But he wants you to believe that these are signs of weakness when truly it is a sign of strength. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. These are symptoms of healthy living in the same way that the, 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 the flesh, when I feed it, gives me symptoms of a dying spirit. These are the symptoms of a healthy spirit. I read through these the other day and I went to Pastor Dusty and I said, man, when I read this list, it's like a list of all the things that I struggle with the most. And he said something absolutely profound he said, Jared, that's what everyone struggles with the most. And it's beautifully profound. This is a list of what you struggle with the most. Why? Because you cannot produce this on your own. I mean, I have met, I will be fair, there are some people out there, people in this world who, who are not Christians, who are not believers, who are very altruistic, who do very good, very, very noble things. Okay, I'm not taking away. I'm just telling you, look into yourself as I'm looking into myself. 
And these things are not produced when I am feeding my flesh. These things are only produced in me when I am feeding the Spirit. So if you hear this and you go, oh man, I'm terrible. Everyone is terrible at this list. That's why we need the Father. But think about it this way. He said, let me find it. Verse 24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucify my flesh. This is not obviously talking about something that I'm literally going uh, to do. This is a very symbolic thing. I'm crucifying my flesh. I'm sacrificing my flesh in the same way that Christ sacrificed himself for my sins. So I am sacrificing what the flesh wants to get what the spirit wants. But again, whose team are you on? Think about this. Do you feed a crucified body? No. So why would you take a crucified body to the club, so to speak? Oh, well, I've crucified my flesh. I'm just going to live in the Spirit. But what are you feeding? How much time do, you, do, do, do we spend feeding our spirit? How much time do we spend feeding our flesh? Well, if that's really the test, then I have an anemic spirit and a fat flesh. Because I spend way more time feeding the flesh. I think we can say that. But I want to get closer to God, but I just can't seem to. Okay. It's not overly simplistic. You literally have to ask, who am I feeding? Flesh or spirit? Church, the Father is calling you to godliness. And Satan is fighting against it so much. And he is going to throw things at your flesh. Let me just tell you, he's going to throw so much at your flesh, I dare say you do not have the self-control, nor do you have the willpower to overcome it. You need help. That's what a church is for. That's what confession is for. I have never seen anyone overcome a sin that they did not confess. Never, not once, ever. Has it happened? I mean, there are, I'm sure, Isolated incidences, but 99.9% of the time, I have not seen anyone overcome an addiction, anyone overcome something that they are feeding constantly in the flesh if they will not confess it. Why? Because we have to confess it to get help with it. Some of you got some stuff that is going on, and this is something that has been a part of your life, and it eats you up, and it literally has molded the kind of person that you are, and it is the one thing that has never left your mouth. You've never spoken the words, and it is liberating when you do. Feed the Spirit. Two weeks ago, I asked everyone to do this for me. I asked everyone to pray every day of the week Four, an hour? No. Ten minutes? Not even that. For 90 seconds, every day, for 90 seconds, I asked you to pray. I asked you to read your word. For five minutes only. I literally asked for six and a half minutes every day. Super easy. 
right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, and I don't want to embarrass anybody because I've failed at these things before as well. But I am curious how many of us set out to do that just to fail by Monday afternoon. That is not condemnational. That is just to show us all how much we feed our flesh and how little we feed our spirit. If you want to get closer to God, you might want to take a date. I'd like to get to know this girl. You know what I'm going to do? I'll never talk to her. That wouldn't work, would it? Oh, he's so handsome. I think this could really be something good. I'll never speak to him. I don't think it's going to go very far. I'd like to get closer to God. You know what I'm going to do? Nothing. Probably not going to get closer. All the while, it is what I want most in the world. So I say that not condemnational because this is just a human experience. It is the thing that I want the most. I just don't know how to do it. It's, I'm afraid. I mean, meeting with the Lord is like, is like meeting with a lion. It's intimidating. For some of you, you would sooner go cage diving with a great white shark than to spend 90 seconds on your knees in prayer because that's the last person I want to talk to because I've fooled everybody else, but I haven't fooled him. You will find a loving God, a powerful, terrifying, loving God who will forgive you, may pat you on the back, and he may whip you in the butt. I don't know. But I promise you that there is forgiveness for you, that there is closeness to God to be had. And I know that you desire, I believe that about every soul in this place, that you desire to be closer to God. And we have to be honest with ourselves. How much are we feeding the Spirit? How much am I feeding the flesh? He says in, in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. What does that even mean, to keep in step with the Spirit? Is this, is this like, are we dancing? Is this a two-step? If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. It means walk in His path. It means you're on his side. He's fighting your flesh. Fight with him. Go the way he's going. Walk the path he's walking. Do the things he's doing. Keep in step with the Spirit. And you will see an enormous change in your life if you'll do what the Spirit tells you. Bring an empty jar if you want it filled. And as long as I keep filling my jar with things of the flesh, I can't fill it with things of the Spirit. He has it. He has more than enough. He has more than enough oil. The Holy Spirit's always compared to oil in the Old Testament. He has more than enough oil to fill my jar, to fill your jar, and your jar will just overflow into other people's jar, and you will see the Holy Spirit produce spiritual fruit in you, and you'll become the kind of person that you always wanted to be. Supernatural things that you can't explain that should not happen through the hands of a human will begin to happen to you, but not when we fill our jar with the things of the flesh. 
That is when we fill our jar with the things of the Spirit. If you want to get closer to God, you've got to spend some time with God. So it's not just the things that I do. It's the things that I don't do. See, some of us, I would say all of us, and I've been on this for a couple of weeks. I said, listen, I need to get closer to God. I was, I, I'm going to start taking this time in the morning. I'm going to begin to do this. And I could not believe how much God is giving me uh, the fruit of the Spirit that I cannot produce on my own. I've been doing this, using myself as a guinea pig. I've, I need to get closer to God. I felt that pull. The Lord wanted me. And so, so two things. One, I begin to put him in my jar. I begin to fill myself. I begin to start my day looking at who is my foe, who is my ally, right? I begin to fill my day with, or I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time with the Word. I'm going to talk to Jesus. And then also begin to take things out at the same time. This is not just the things that I need to do. It's also some of the things that I need to not do. It's not just that I want him to pour more in my jar. Sometimes it's also I have to take things out of my jar. The worship team is coming up, and we're going to sing, and this is a great time for you to reflect and say, all right, God, what do you want me to not put in my jar? When, when, when during the day am I fighting against you, and when am I fighting against the flesh? Show me those things. I want to stop fighting against you. I want to be on the same team all day long. As I believe this about you, church, I believe that you want to get closer to God, and I believe that the Lord is waiting to fill you up, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You will be not the person you wanted to be. You will be something far better than that. You will be the person that God wants you to be. And that comes with blessing. That comes with trial. And that trial comes with some stories that you won't believe that you are telling. I want you all just to pray with me for a moment. Father, I, 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 just, I, I just want to pray over your people. God, I want you to be with me. I want to pray in your will, but Spirit, lead me in this. God, I know that there are so many souls. Father, I, I truly, I genuinely believe every soul in this room right now wants to be closer to you. Father, as they go to meet with you, would you fill their room like you filled the temple with your presence? When Moses would go in and meet with you and nobody even wanted to approach the temple because they were afraid, God, I pray that your presence would be so thick in their lives. And God, I know that we can't all take that. I don't think I can. But in whatever measure that we can, Meet with us in this way. Meet with us. God, show us the things that you want us to take out of the jar. Show us the things that you want to put into the jar. God, I know there are a lot of people who say, I've tried to read. I've tried to uh, get in touch with Jesus. I've tried to sit down and pray, and the words won't come, or the, or, or the text doesn't make any sense. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just speak to us. I pray that you will teach us. Fill our hearts. God, let us be about your work. Let us be about your business. Let us be a testimony that a life given to Jesus becomes something altogether different and supernatural. 
Let us be a testimony to the world that we serve a living, powerful, supernatural God. God, we don't deserve any of this, but you called us to it and we want it. If you have it, we want it. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, I hope that you will take me up on this this morning. Maybe, maybe go back to that challenge that didn't work so well last time. Maybe it's just 90 seconds in prayer. Maybe it's five minutes a day in reading. I, there's not a formula to this. You won't find one anywhere in the scripture. It is your heart's pursuit to get closer to God. I pray and I hope that you will take me up on this. Write it on your connection card, whatever it takes. We want to be with you on this. I want to hear testimonies. I want to hear stories. I won't, I won't try to embarrass you with that. I think, I think there's a fear. If I tell the preacher, you're going to talk about it from the stage. I won't do that. As long as you tell me not to. Otherwise, I might. But tell me. Don't. I won't. I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, but, man, there is so much in store for you when you get closer to God. So some people are going to come up forward. Uh, they've got baskets. Uh, write down whatever's on your heart, what you'd like to pray uh, for us to pray about. Um, write that down put it in these offering baskets also it's part of the way that we uh, worship is through our tithe and offering but uh, put that in there and, and really just reflect worship team um, I'm sorry prayer team if you will stand up and go ahead and come to the front we have some people who are up front who want to pray for you whatever it is you may be going through whatever it is that you want to commit to the Lord they would love to talk with you to pray with you so please come up and visit with them please stand and worship with us